Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. The first thing I want to get to, of course, so many things have been affected uh, by this COVID-19. And we spoke yesterday to Dr. Marcus De Bruyne, who talked about uh, cervical check. He talked about mammograms and the health service executive, the HSE, is facing calls from those affected by delays and cancellations to restart the breast check and cervical check cancer screening programs. Both programs, by the way, as well as the Bell screening program, uh, were put on hold around the country in March in response to the ongoing emergency around the COVID-19 outbreak. And a lot of people are saying... Have we learned absolutely nothing in this country in the last three or four years? And Marcus mentioned yesterday, on average, in that particular month between both, you would have 30,000 screening processes, 5% who may have abnormal smears, by the way, in relation to cervical check. And those women are at risk. Uh, but we seem to have learned nothing. What's well, to talk to you a little bit more about it is Vicky Phelan. And Vicky has been campaigning uh, for the last few years. And I'm sure you're very familiar with her name at this stage. Vicky, good afternoon to you. Hi there, Niall. Thanks for having me on today. And can I just say on a personal level, Vicky, before I start, I have a huge amount of admiration for you and I'm delighted to talk to you because over the last few years I've been following your progress and I have to say I have absolute admiration for what you've done, for not only for yourself, but for this country over the last three or four years. I think most people will echo that as well. In relation to what's happening at the moment... You've been campaigning like a lot of women for the last three or four years for the cervical check scandal, as it was called at the time when many women weren't identified properly of having abnormal smears. And here we are in a situation where the one thing that we should be watching is early diagnosis. And we seem Mm -hmm. to have just completely absconded our responsibilities. Yeah, absolutely, Niall. Uh, I mean, look, like most people in the country at the very start of this whole uh, coronavirus um, crisis, you know, we understood that things had to be uh, put on hold and paused. Uh, but there's a big difference between pausing something and, uh, you know, having it on hold for, you know, a number of months. And we know, as you said at the introduction, that it doesn't look like screening programs are going to be up back and running for uh, at least, you know, a number of months. And to be honest, I just don't think that's acceptable, to well, be honest. It says on their website, for the yeah. foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, that, that yeah. sounds absolutely outrageous for women who are concerned. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and basically it's like a ticking time bomb, isn't it? It is a ticking time bomb. And, um, you know, I mean, that's why I've been waiting in on this over the last week, because, you know, there's a number of, you know, uh, research papers that are coming out to say that, uh, you know, uh, stopping screening programs, you know, is going to have huge uh, impact and, and huge costs. Uh, both personally to people who are obviously going to get uh, cancer and the cancer diagnosis may be at a later stage, but also, you know, the cost of treating these people is going to be increased. So it's going to have huge costs. And sometimes this is the only thing that our government understands. You know, this is going to cost them a lot more money in the long run because people are going to have more advanced cancers, which requires more treatment, which costs a lot more money. Um, but for me, you know, as a cancer patient, the reason I'm campaigning um, to try and get these screening programs back up and running is because I don't want to see other women and other people ending up with a, you know, a more advanced cancer than they should be. I mean, you know, everybody knows I shouldn't have ended up with the cancer I did, you know, if I had been treated at the time in 2011 when my screen was missed. You know, I could have just had a hysterectomy, which is a big enough operation in itself, but I would have had a 95% cure of being, mm-hmm. uh, a chance of being cured. Whereas I'm now in a situation where I'm, you know, battling literally to kind of stay here for as long as I can. And I really don't want to see other people in this boat, um, Niall. And the problem is, since screening has been paused, as uh, Marcus de Bruyne, um, uh, you had him on yesterday, said, 
you know, we are missing an awful lot of, of cancers because there are a number of cancers that only get picked up on screening because they don't have symptoms. Well, he was talking you know, about very, 5% abnormal screen, uh, 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 scans. Now, in saying that, that doesn't necessarily mean that 5% people have cancer. Of course, many of those could no. have, be abnormal. They may, they may need to have a recheck. Some of them may need to uh, go and have some of those cells, precancerous cells removed, which they can be fine afterwards. So it doesn't necessarily mean 5%. But even if you took it at 1%, uh, you know, and, you're, and we're missing 1% of early diagnosis, that's still 3,000 women uh, in relation to, say, breast cancer and uh, cervical spears. So, I mean, it really is something that we should be watching because down the road, I mean, we're now going to have another situation in three years' time, I hope we don't, where we have another Vicky Phelan or we have somebody else coming forward and saying, why didn't you let me get a scan? Well, that is exactly what I think is going to happen. We are going to have, and I mean, it really kills me, to be honest, Niall, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, you know, you know, all the hard work that I've done and a lot of other people have done over the last two years to try and get cervical screening up to a situation where women can trust the programme again. And now here we are with not only a backlog, but, you know, there's no, no program happening. You know, there is no programme. And we had just introduced, you know, the new form of testing, which is HPV testing, which is far more accurate than, than PAP smears yeah. uh, in March. Uh, sure, for what, like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. now we're in a situation where we don't even know when it's going to be back up and running. And, so there was a know, lot of other I, stuff we were meant to be doing. We were meant to be introducing uh, HPV vaccines for boys this year as well. Where, what happened there? I don't know if they, they well, brought it in. Well, that's another issue that I raised um, actually during the week is that, you know, for HPV vaccination programme, uh, you know, all of the kids that get that get two doses of it. And the first dose was given in September at the start of the year. And for the first year, boys got it in September. Um, uh, you know, uh, which, uh, so there's an awful lot more um, people getting it now but the problem is they're supposed to get a second dose of that vaccine in order to be covered and that would normally happen in February or March and I got um, confirmation from the HSE National Immunisation Office that this didn't happen Um, so now they're telling me uh, and they have put out a statement to say that you know the second shot can happen uh, that there's no time limit but you know I've read stuff on the Centre for Disease Control and from other um, you know medical providers who spoke to me That is a lapse as I imagine that it needs to be given within 12 months And, and the problem is that 12 months will be up in September so it needs that that's something else that needs to be planned for now in order to make sure that all of these kids are covered I mean don't get me wrong I, I, I hate using the same words in the cliche unprecedented uncharted all those kind of territory that we're in at the moment but it does seem to be that we have focused very much on COVID-19 I'm not saying that we shouldn't have but we have completely taken our eye off the ball when it comes to non-COVID uh, illnesses and healthcare generally speaking everything else has been put on hold which invariably could cost more lives in the next two or three years with secondary effects and this would be one of the major ones in this country because of course we've talked about this for four years I mean really I it just beggars belief that they could actually just cancel it I mean I mentioned yesterday and I know it was a very flippant remark and somebody put it up on Twitter and said I was being flippant I wasn't actually I was genuinely being serious that you can get a Big Mac but you can't get cancer screening which absolutely is, yeah. no, is I mean, quite that, shocking it is quite shocking isn't this Niall you know I mean the reason I'm so graphic about this cancer, I mean, before I got cervical cancer, Niall, I didn't realise how bad this cancer was. And, you know, that's why I'm always talking about the side effects with this disease, because a lot of women don't realise how bad this disease can get. I mean, it can, you know, it, it affects young women. Um, you know, if you have to have the, you know, the harsh the adv- treatment, if your cancer is more advanced, well, then you're looking at, uh, you know, probably not going to be able to enjoy a sex life again, not going to be able to have children because you're going to, you know, it's going to rob you of your your option to do that. So if, if young women haven't had uh, children, that's going to be taken away from them. Um, the, the, the 
side effects from the treatment are horrendous. You can end up getting stuff like pelvic inflammatory disease. Um, you know, I'm living with a level of pain now, which I have to be on pain patches for. There are women in far worse situations than me. But this, this is a horrible disease that if it is caught early, and this is why screening is so important, if it's caught early, and that's the whole point of screening, it is a treatable disease. If it's not caught early, Nile, you're in a situation like me. And that's, yeah. you know, and that's how, how are you now, Vicky? How do you feel now? Look, I'm good. I'm still on treatment at the moment. Yeah. Um, I'm still alive, Nile. It's as simple as that. And yeah. I actually have a great quality of life for as long as that's going to last. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm under no illusion that it's, it's, you know, it will come to an end. I'm hoping, you know, oh, with the way I am at the moment, stable, uh, I'm stable and my disease is stable. But, you know, I still have a fairly sizable tumour. Uh, so, you know, even in the last two years, the treatment that I'm on has shrunk my tumour by half, but it hasn't shrunk since. And the reality is, you know, that, that they will start going back at some stage. Well, so I mean, you're, you're you know, commended that, I mean, if anybody else got the diagnosis that you got at the time, uh, and thankfully things are a little bit better for you now and probably worse worked out better because I know you're in experimental treatment as well um, and, mm. and thanks to that obviously it's elongated your life and hopefully it absolutely you, helps yes, and, absolutely and hopefully helps. it'll elongate a lot more Vicky but I suppose we actually better the fact that you've used that very valuable time in your life uh, to try and help others but I mean realistically I mean if people are not getting checks I mean and they're not getting at the moment I can genuinely see a situation I don't mean to say it again and go over old ground again but where we're going to have another situation in two years time where people are going to be suing the state because they didn't make this available to them for early diagnosis and they could have been caught. Absolutely. I agree with you, Niall, 100%. Mm-hmm. The other issue that's happening at the moment because of the fact that private consultants are not allowed to see their patients is <clears throat> normally um, GPs have, you know, I have a number of GPs I talked to have told me that this is a huge issue at the moment because mm-hmm. You know, we're being told by the CMO and by, um, you know, the HSC to go to your GP if you have symptoms. But, you know, if you have symptoms of cervical cancer um, and you go see your GP, there's only so much your GP can do. And normally they would refer you on to and see what, gynecology. Vicky, sorry, sorry, I know you're probably, well, I'm sure yes. you are an expert at this stage. But, I mean, what are the symptoms for women who are listening out there and who may yes. have concerns about what symptoms they should or shouldn't have or when they should be concerned? I know regularly you should get your cervical smear done anyway, right? When you get mm-hmm. to a certain age, when you get over, usually <clears throat> over the age of 25. But in saying that, what are the symptoms, I mean, that women should look out for? So these are the symptoms that you should be looking out for, particularly if you're in a situation where you've already had a couple maybe of abnormal smears and you're going in and out for, you know, the LETS procedure, this laser procedure. So these are the symptoms that you definitely should be looking out for. So um, consistent, a kind of a lower back pain that's constantly there, like a dull pain, nothing that you'd be on massive painkillers for, but like that just doesn't go away. And what happens is a lot of women that, you know, are young, have small kids, they're carrying them on their hips, they might not necessarily associate that with, you know, cancer. You know, but that is something. So okay. this coupled with, so that's one symptom. And, not, and not to be confused with the pain in the back that women may no, get once no, a month, no, of course. No, that, not to be absolutely confused not. That. So it's consistent. Um, but the other two symptoms then, if you have bleeding in between periods, and this is difficult for some women because they mightn't have a regular cycle. I had a very regular cycle, so I knew this was unusual. But the difference is, even if you have an irregular cycle and you don't have a period every month, um, you know, yeah. if the bleeding is a different colour, so we all know that women know that menstrual blood is a very dark colour, this bleeding that you might get in between your periods will be a different colour. So it's either a watery kind of a discharge, kind of pink, or maybe even a spot of red in it. And really what that is, that it, you know, in my case, what I discovered was it's a tumour that's shedding, so it's a different colour. Okay. So if you see a di- different colour... So it colour, looks more like you know, regular bleeding exactly. that you would have, yes. Yeah, Yeah, and it could even be watery and pinkish, so just okay. not that dark red that we associate with menstrual blood. And the third thing, really, and this was the big thing that drove me to the GP, um, was bleeding after sex. Like, that's a huge no-no. You know, if you have a bleed after sex and it's angry red blood... 
that is, you know, a, a big symptom of, um, okay. obviously, unless and you've torn something, you know, and you've had course, rigorous, yeah. you know, yeah. fair enough. Okay, but but I would get it checked out, definitely. Okay, and at the moment, obviously, because there's no regular screening and no screening programmes, people would be advised to go to the GP. But again, talking yeah. to Marcus De Bruyne yesterday, he said he would normally have seen about 20 people a day and with all his other colleagues across the country, that would be 60,000 consultations per week. He says now we're doing nothing like that and he's concerned mm-hmm. not just about that, about a woman who might want to go and say, look, I'm having you know, a regular period or I'm having a pain in my back or I'm having unusual bleeding. There's nowhere for them to actually go and it would be quite embarrassing well, on, on a Zoom call to be showing a doctor you know, blood or whatever it happens to be. So uh, it, there's, there's no way of people actually getting access there to is no pathways, you see, Niall. What's happening is normally what GPs would do, they'd refer women if they have symptoms. There's no point in sending a woman uh, uh, who has symptoms to have a smear test. You know, that's not going to do anything for her. That's only, you know, a screening test. If they have symptoms like what I've described, they need to see a gynecologist. And the problem is at the moment, all the private gynecologists in the country, normally people would be, uh, you know, told if you have symptoms and the GP thinks, you know, God, this looks like it could be cancer. Well, they would always refer somebody and encourage people to go privately because they're seeing quicker. That's gone now at the moment because mm-hmm. private consultants can't see their patients. So there is, unless people have, you know, really, uh, the only people that gynecologists and private consultants are seeing at the moment are people with really urgent symptoms where GPs kind of fair, know fairly, you know, for sure. For sure, there's something is, very wrong Yeah, here, exactly. Yes. And that's a worry because, you know, there's well, only well, a well, it's normally yeah. too late at that point, isn't it? Exa- then? Exactly. And that's the point now. You know, the whole thing with cervical cancer is to get this as early as possible. Well, absolutely, because you're, you're obviously the rate of survival goes up the earlier you actually, the, yeah, the, the earlier you can get this. And obviously the, the earliest we can possibly get this is during an, a, a normal screening programme. And by the way, just to mention, because somebody texted in and said, Niall, uh, you're not mentioning men. Well, I did, I did mention bell screening. And also, by the way, testicular cancer, any of those screening programmes that we have out there, you know, I think everybody should be campaigning their local TDs uh, to make sure these screening programmes have come back. Now, but by the way, I'm just looking here. Last week, Health Minister Simon Harris said he wants to reintroduce the services routine screenings as soon as possible amid concerns uh, at existing backlogs, but stressed the issue is getting back up to speed. He said the fact that most public cancer screening programmes such as breast check and cervical check have been suspended for over 10 weeks is causing a great deal of stress, particularly among women. Mm-hmm. 11,000 screens take place each month. Well, it's actually a bit more than that. But anyway, one person dies of cancer every hour in this country. Some every hour, yeah. But I mean... I, I, I hear what he's saying, but he's not doing anything about it. No, and you know what, Niall, I think, you know, it's at a point uh, at the moment where everybody needs to get up in arms over this. It's not good enough just for people like me uh, and John Wall and other cancer survivors who are always kind of banging the drum to kind of, you know, be given out about this. People in the country need to get up in arms and, like you said, write to their TDs. We need to actually, you know, fight for this programme to come yeah. back because otherwise, you know, this could affect But anybody, we're fighting for pubs and, and hairdressers. We're fighting for pubs exactly. and hairdressers. And these are the things we're seeing on the media where the things that actually save our lives, I don't see as much about, which is like quite, no. quite shocking. Yeah, it absolutely baffles me. It really does because, okay. you know, this is going to affect every family in this country. All right, well, listen, thank you very much and I wish you well, Vicky. All right, thank you very Thanks much. Thanks very much, Thank you. All right, well, you've heard what Vicky says. I think everybody should be contacting their local TDs, not just, by the, by the way, about cervical check, about mammograms, about bell screen programmes, testicular cancer, um, uh, lung cancer, whatever cancer it happens to be, all our heart disease, stroke, all the early symptoms and signs are not being checked. People are not going to hospitals, they're not going to doctors because they find it difficult to approach her. As Vicky rightly pointed out, there is no pathway to those particular checks. And I think it's outrageous. We've got, I mean, that woman put herself on the line 
for two to three years in this country to fight for people who didn't have early diagnosis because of the mock-up and the mess-up we made in this country. And here we are, the first sign of a little bit of panic in the country with COVID-19, with no deaths yesterday. Um, something which I personally believe in the long term we're going to look back on and say we completely overreacted to, but that's all well and good for it. We'll talk about that later on. But we cancel we cancel one of the most important screening programmes in the country that we've made sure was in good stead over the last year because of people like Vicky Phelan. And now we're in a situation where women, in two or three years' time, could die, could be given a terminal diagnosis because they should have spotted it earlier. How can they spot it earlier when there's no one to see? I just find this absolutely outrageous, how we can actually stop it. And to give you those figures again, over 22,000 women... Last April went for cervical smears. 22,000 women. I think there was 12,000 people went for mammograms in one month in April. How many this month? No cervical smears. And I think there was something like two or 300 mammograms. None. And they would have been done probably privately in hospitals. That is shocking. Absolutely shocking. And how Simon Harris can acknowledge how shocking it is, but do nothing about it. He said that, that they will examine the issue of screening as part of the non-COVID healthcare plan. And it has uh, to be safe for patients and staff. Jesus Christ, what sort of a world are we turning into? It's a madhouse. A madhouse. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.